InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. It's being called an epidemic. Millions of Americans now suffer from some form of diabetes. What are the causes and how can the disease be controlled and eliminated? InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco talks with a medical expert to get the details. Gina? Thanks, Chris. When a person experiences a spike in blood sugar, the diagnosis is frequently type 2 diabetes. Is that a chronic progressive disease or can it be reversed and perhaps without medicine or surgery? Joining us now is Dr. Jason Fung, author of The Diabetes Code, Prevent and Reverse Type 2 Diabetes Naturally. Doctor, you support proper eating to solve the problem, but can all or even most type 2 diabetes cases be regulated or even reversed through diet? I think so. And one of the things that's important to recognize is that most doctors, myself included from a few years ago, treat it as a chronic and progressive disease, which is the notion that this disease, once you have it, you have it for life and you need lots of medications and more and more medications to treat it. But in fact, it's not really true. Suppose you have a friend who has type 2 diabetes and comes in, he loses 50 pounds. In almost all cases, that diabetes just disappears. So we know it's reversible. At the same time, we have studies, things such as bariatric surgery, which is a weight loss surgery, and you can take the most severely obese, the most severe type 2 diabetic patients, and several weeks after treatment, their diabetes will have completely disappeared and stays gone for 10 or 20 years even. So again, it's not to say that surgery is the best option, but what it says is that the disease is actually a reversible disease. It was not chronic and not progressive. If it's a dietary disease, you need to use a dietary solution. That's the root cause of the problem. And if you just try and use drugs and don't fix the root cause, it will continue to get worse. And then you need more and more medications. And some real problems, too. Tell us what sort of major health problems can result from type 2 diabetes. Yeah, almost everything. (laughs) It's the leading cause of kidney disease, for example. So I'm a kidney specialist, and that's very close to what I do. But heart attacks, it's a leading contributor. Strokes, cancer, leading cause of blindness, leading cause of amputation. People get diabetic foot ulcers. People get nerve damage. So basically, you name it, it happens in type 2 diabetes. And some people wonder, why is that? Why is it such a multi-system disease? And it really stems from an understanding of what type 2 diabetes is. The real problem is that there's just too much sugar in our body. Not necessarily the blood, but our whole body. And if you don't get rid of that sugar, then it's going to cause problems. So a drug such as insulin, for example, doesn't get rid of the sugar. What it does is it takes the sugar that's in your blood and simply crams it back into your body. So if you never got rid of the sugar, you're not going to get better. And to understand how much sugar we are getting, tell us some of the many names that sugar goes by on package labels. Yeah, sugar is one of these sort of hidden ingredients because everybody likes to slide it in there so that you don't know. I mean, obviously, there's sucrose and there's all the stuff that ends with OSE, so if they say glucose, fructose, or dextrose, or maltose, they're all different types of sugars, but they also have lots of other names as well, so high fructose corn syrup, brown rice syrup and cane juice evaporate and all sorts of made-up names. And one of the other tricks of the trade, some people will use two different names for sugar so that it's not the first ingredient. 
So then they'll say water and then they'll have glucose and then glucose fructose or something like that. And it's all the same stuff, but because they divided the ingredients into two sugars, it's no longer the first ingredient, which is kind of sneaky, but you'll see oftentimes when you look on packaged foods, there'll be actually three or four different types of sugar so that、mm. they're lower down on the list. So you have to be careful. So your guidance is to eat less sugar and burn more sugar off. Now, as you know, among the popular diets out there, some stress low fat and no restriction on carbohydrates, while others restrict carbs but not fat. Is either of these approaches right for combating type two diabetes? Of the two, I think that a low carbohydrate diet is more successful because. The low carbohydrate diet sort of cuts out a lot of the things that are sugar. So carbohydrates are chains of sugars. So there's sugar, sugar, which is like table sugar, is actually glucose and fructose, whereas starches like bread and rice and so on, they're actually long chains of glucose. But they're all different types of sugar, and they get all turned into the different types of sugar in our body. The thing about it is that if the overall disease is too much sugar in the body, then the logical thing to do is reduce the amount of added sugars and refined carbohydrates that we eat. If you eat a slice of bread for breakfast, like toast and jam, for example, compared to one egg, the egg will not raise your blood sugar at all, and the toast with jam will raise it quite a bit. So logically, you'd think, oh, you should eat the egg. But the advice for the last thirty years has been eat the toast and jam. So that wasn't very good advice. We're visiting with Dr. Jason Fung, author of the Diabetes Code: Prevent and Reverse Type Two Diabetes Naturally. Give us some examples on particular foods people should limit to avoid type two diabetes. We're all relatively in agreement. Added sugars, for sure, you have to cut out the added sugar. So all the sweets, all the donuts and candy, and so on. And I don't think there's very much controversy about that. The World Health Organization, for example, suggests keeping it down to less than five percent of total calories, which is a far cry from what a lot of people eat in America. Adolescents sometimes get twenty to twenty-five percent of their calories as sugar. So all those drinks, even the sports drinks like Gatorade and Powerade and obviously the sugar sweetened drinks; those have to be avoided. Fruit is a controversial one because it also contains fructose, and the fruits that are eaten these days are actually quite a bit sweeter than they used to be. So, if you look at golden pineapples and white peaches and so on, they're quite a bit sweeter. So, they may not be the best option either. Even though a lot of people think of them as fairly healthy foods, you may want to stick to a little bit less of the fruit if you are trying to lower your blood sugars. The other thing is the refined carbohydrates. These are the starches, so bread and pasta and so on. And again, I don't think we're too far off. Most people agree that we shouldn't be eating a lot of white bread and a lot of white rice and so on because they're refined carbohydrates. We know that if you eat a slice of bread, your blood glucose will skyrocket. So you should try and avoid that. Eat vegetables instead. Unrefined carbohydrates, for example, beans and so on, don't have that effect of spiking up the blood glucose. And then on the other side of things, you should probably not be too afraid of the natural fats. So in the 1990s, we told everybody, "Oh, avoid all kinds of fats." And then we had to invent this term called healthy fat 
because we started to recognize that there's lots of fats that are pretty good for you. Omega-3s, fatty fish, avocado, olive oil, that kind of thing. Doctor, you've talked a lot about how to eat, but in reality, a lot of physicians probably tell their patients, hey, I want you to cut some weight, and they'll say yes, 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 and of course, not follow through. Isn't it our obligation to really do more for our own health? rather than looking to the medical community for that magic pill or something? I think both public and medical professionals deserve some of the blame. The dietary advice for weight loss has been quite poor for the last 30 years. So we've given advice, for example, the low-fat advice, which we now know is not really all that great. Unfortunately, what happened was their sort of zeal to take the fat out, they added a lot of sugar. And so it was a bad substitution. You see that people are starting to embrace these natural foods again. And how can we encourage people to stop eating all the time and maybe they can lose some weight? So the advice that has been given out has been very poor and it takes some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a little bit outdated now. Dr. Jason Fung, thank you for being with us today. Okay, thank you. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. A production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.